around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hi, and welcome to the Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. Uh, Come on in and grab a cup of coffee and sit down with us. That's the format that we like around here is just to sit around the table and visit with each other about the things of God. So many people have asked us recently, what is the focus of Terry Mize Ministries? What is your calling? What is your vision? What do you endeavor to do? So we want to talk a little bit about that today and just uh, explain exactly what our vision is and, and, and how we go about doing things so that our partners and our listeners know how they can hook up with us, what we're doing, and can feel like they're more and more involved. And I'm Lynn Mize. I'm sitting here with Terry and Renee Mize. And uh, we've been talking about a lot of things off air that we want to get into. And Renee, I just wanted to uh, to go down the road that you were talking about um, before we started uh, recording today and uh, just open the conversation up that way with some of the things you were telling dad and me. Sure. Um, it was really back in 1974 that uh, Dean and I were on staff at Lakewood Church and we were in the middle of our Thanksgiving convention, and, and it w- which was a missionary convention. And uh, Brother Osteen ran that convention for years and years and years, and that was the focus of Lakewood Church, to have a missions con- You're conference. You're talking about John Osteen. John Osteen, Joel's daddy. yes, Joel's daddy. And uh, it was just uh, one of the things that was the highlight of my life uh, during those years. And um, Dean and I had just prior gotten turned on to the Word of Faith back in 1971, through Jerry and Carolyn Savelle in my home church in Louisiana. And they had just sort of spoon-fed us the word of faith. And and I don't know what, if people understand back then how how hungry uh, someone could have been at our age and then how bereft the body of Christ was at that time and season in life of not having strong faith teaching. And we were all faithful, dedicated, hardworking, strong work ethic faithfulness, strong prayer warriors in churches, but there wasn't the the ministry of faith and how to live by faith. Dean and I had, had worked our way through Bible college three years to learn the Bible and learn things, and, and yet there was still this poverty concept of you're going to go to the mission field, it's going to be hard, you're going to be poor, you're going to be uh, sick, you're probably going to have to give your life for the Lord on the mission field, and there were no guarantees. You know, when, I, when I, I've told Terry this <laughs> several times, we've laughed about it, through the years that when Dean and I, or when I just told my, my uh, pastors I was going to go off to Bible college, they immediately had this look of sympathy on their face and sorrow. And they said, oh, darling, bless your heart. You know, <laughs> and, and people thought the same with Terry and Jackie going to the mission field. People felt sorry for you. Oh, yeah. We, they said, what do you do? So we're missionaries. That's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we don't feel sorry for me. God takes care of us. I know. that's And, and I was all excited about the word of faith at, at that time. I mean, at, at going to Bible college, I saw it as I'm going to get to do what's really in my heart, and that is serve God 24-7, doing something that will help the kingdom of God, the work of God, and the people of God. And, and I, was, I wasn't mature enough to know that I didn't have faith, but I thought I did. But anyway, long story short, when Dean and I came back to his home church in Houston at Lakewood Church, and we were on staff there, and we had gotten turned on the Word of Faith about two and a half, three years prior to that in 1974. This is fall of 1974. And so we're in the middle of having this Thanksgiving convention, and Brother Osteen calls up this young man that I had um, certainly never met nor heard of, 
And he introduced him as a missionary from Oaxaca, Mexico, and said he wanted him to give the testimony that he had heard about. And that's another story within itself, how John Osteen heard about the story that was just a month old down in Oaxaca. And um, he called Terry up to give the story and tell the story. And many of you have heard this or have read it in Terry's books, The Hitchhiker Story. And it is absolutely one of the greatest miraculous deliverances from death that anybody could have ever heard. And Dean and I were sitting, we were on staff there and sitting on the front row and just listening to everything that was being said raptly by missionaries and leaders. And Terry got up and told the story how the, the hitch, he had picked up the hitchhiker. He had stood in faith. The man had threatened to kill him and eventually took him out into a cornfield and shot and aimed at him at close range five times and the bullets never hit him. And just as he told the story, he, he made a couple of statements about the integrity of the word of God and that you have to make a quality decision. And Dean and I had been listening to Brother Copeland's um, CDs and Brother Hagen's tapes and things like that. So we knew sort of the language of faith at that time. And when we met Terry and Jackie, after he got through giving his testimony and they dismissed the service, Dean and I were like little puppies. We just ran over to them to meet them. And they were like, uh, it was like all of a sudden we had somebody that was right there standing in front of us that not only believed like we did, and at the time we were being persecuted, <laughs> you know, and, and I know we were immature and young and enthusiastic at the time, so there probably wasn't a lot of class and dignity and couth involved in our enthusiasm, but but to find people that were absolutely, solidly going to trust God no matter what it looked like and not be moved as we had learned by what we see, what we hear, what we feel, shut that up and start saying what the Word says that we really had right there in front of us somebody that had left the comfort of the United States, gone to another third world country, and had uh, decided to live by faith courageously and singularly all by themselves just trusting God. And God had shown himself strong. And it was like all of a sudden we had our own (laughs) live and in-person faith hero that would actually be our friend and we could go to dinner with. And so that very night, we we hung out together all that afternoon. We went to dinner together. Uh, Then after the service, we came over to our little apartment on the northeast side of Houston and uh, stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. And Terry and and Jackie had two little boys, Lynn being one of them and, and Paul David. And we had two boys, Alan and Matthew. And those four little boys just fell asleep on the floor. And we just kept talking till three o'clock in the morning. And hence, here we are now, 42 years later down the road. And so now I I just applaud so much the courageous valor of people like Terry and Jackie that have been forerunners in so many areas of the word of faith. And that's what really helped Dean and I through many years as they came down to our church and we began to help them develop a relationship with through our ministry with the people of South Texas. And it's just been a, a marvelous thing to see that. So I wanted to share that with all of you today and let you realize how important it is to have people around you that God will will show you and reveal to you things like a proven ministry like Terry's has been a great blessing to thousands upon thousands of people that actually live by faith. Not we don't we're still flesh, we're still people, but but God can work with a very little bit and make it turn out uh to where you still come out on the winning side. Uh, when it, with healing and with uh, your needs being met, and then you in turn being a blessing back into the lives of somebody else. So 
Thank you, darling. You great job. <laughs> well, sure, but then of mission course, accomplished. You and Dean uh, then left uh, Brother Osteen's ministry in Lakewood Church and right. went down to Corpus Christi, exactly. Texas, and started pastoring a church where you immediately began to support Jackie and I in missions. Right. So you know it was uh, you, you guys have been partnering with our ministry for almost from the beginning right. of your ministry and our ministry too. And, uh, of course, uh, when we got married uh, a couple of years ago, I told you, I said, well, now, now you're going to reap the benefits of the, <laughs> of, uh, of, of the seeds that you sowed years ago, only in a, in a different way. You get to now go and see and go and do. But, uh, no, those were tremendous times, you know, and I was thinking as you were telling that story, I thought, well, you know, Lynn's sitting here at the table with us. We're just sitting around having our coffee and talk and visit the Word. But uh, I thought, well, Lynn was there. He just probably doesn't remember that. You know, right. and, you know I actually have a um, probably my earliest memory of those days is, and and I don't even know if this is one cohesive memory or if it's snippets of many memories. Sure. But in my in my head, we would come up from Mexico, yeah. and there was a McDonald's in Houston that had <laughs> right. a playground. Right. And so we did that, and you not know, only did you know, we the McDonald's had French fries. That's what you were. About. <laughs> I'm still a little because, bit excited about the McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, French I mean fries. seriously, that wasn't a, that wasn't a slam. That was that was because we had no French fries in, in Oaxaca. Well, we we would come up and we would do McDonald's, and then I remember going with with you and Dean and Alan and Matt and uh, Mom and Dad and yeah. and Paul and I, I would Lori have been born at that point? No, I don't know if Lori not, was in the picture yet. then, and then and Christy wasn't even considered yet, right. but but she was she was to be continued later. <laughs> but anyway, we did McDonald's, and then we did Toys R Us, which right. for a three year old was yeah. phenomenal. And to yeah, this that, day, I remember we bought plastic bowling sets. Right. <laughs> and I remember going to your apartment and the boys and I pl- bowling while you guys sat and talked about the word. But, you know, yeah. Paul and Lori and Christy and I, Alan and Matt and Abby, we all grew up asleep on benches at Denny's and, sure. and in sure. the floor of churches as you guys. Yeah, that was the worst form of child abusement. You no, know. no, I totally disagree with that. That's, <laughs> the, that's the best way to raise a child no, in the world. That's what I said. That, if that's the extent of it. That's by the time a, all of us got through preaching, there's nothing right. open but Denny's. Thank God for Denny's. <laughs> no, that's right. But but those were the early days, and that's really the sort right. of where it all began. As a matter of fact, I started this off by saying uh, we wanted to talk about sort of what the goal is with the ministry and who we are, and right. so, so people can, can connect to really what the vision is on the inside of us and what we've done for so many years and what we'll continue to do. And one way they can find out about that is if you go to terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com. We've got a video on there that's about, how long is it? About around 10 minutes, nine nine minutes. minutes. And it's called Where It All Began. And and, and a dear friend of mine, Scott Law, um, put that together uh, some years ago for us. And it's a fantastic piece that really just sort of opens up and unpacks Terry Mize Ministries and the vision and lays it out so that you can get a grasp on it. So if you go to terrymize.com, you can see that. You can also find it on YouTube. You can find it on Vimeo.com. It's 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 available in lots of places. You just Google Terry Mize. You can Google up. Terry Mize, and, and, and it'll come up. You but, know what um, I like about that video, Lynn, and the reason uh, I tell people to, to watch it, uh, even though it's several years old now, is that when you first presented it to me, that you wanted to do a, a, a video about our ministry and what it was about, I remember saying to you, well, I don't want it to be a fundraiser, mm-hmm. and I don't want it to be a puff piece. I just want it to be my heart and God's heart talking about missions. And uh, if you go watch it, it's not a fundraiser. I never mentioned money one time. No. I never asked anybody for a dime, never asked for partners or anything like that. And it's not just a puff piece, but it's just simply me sitting and talking. At that time, it's 40 years in ministry. We're about to enter our 49th year mm. uh, next month. In January, it'll be our 49th year in third world missionary right. evangelism. Plus two years before that, George Pearson's at Eagle Mountain always tells me, you need to include those other two years because you were you were youth leader then and preaching then. So you, you've been preaching, you know, 50, almost 51 years. 
But I always just knew that from the time I, I left as an 18-year-old kid and went to the jungles of Panama, which is where that video starts. It's yep. in 1968 in the jungles of Panama. I was a sick and skinny uh, missionary. You know, look, I was going to be on my first and last missionary trip because I got so sick. But then God intervened and healed me. But anyway, that, that video is just my heart and God's heart talking about the only cause that counts, talking about the world that costs the blood of Jesus, talking about giving living bread to dying men, talking about the supreme task of the church, talking about what Jesus died for, what God gave his son for, what Paul had his head cut off for, what what Jesus was crucified for, what Peter was crucified upside down for, what Thomas was killed in India for, what all those apostles of the Lamb, with the exception of Judas all and John, gave their lives for in martyrdom, and they tried to martyr John. You know, they boiled him in oil, and he wouldn't boil. He just said, oh, this is a great oil bath. And so they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos, where he wrote this little book called Revelation. And then he finished his sentence on Patmos and came back and finished out his ministry. But he's the only one of what we call the apostles of the Lamb, uh, you know, the 12 uh, apostles, that uh, uh, they lived his life to full ministry. The rest of them were horribly martyred for their faith. And then, of course, uh, I've said this for many years, every one of those guys, every one of them were missionaries. Hmm. with the exception of one of all the 12 disciples, 11 of them were, were missionaries and one was a traitor. Judas is the only one that didn't go, didn't go in the mission fields and he was a traitor, but, but all the others went into the mission fields. And, and then of course, later on the apostle Paul, and then all those other that, that came along behind him, that missions has always been the That's heart right. of God. It's always been Absolutely. what, what everything else stems from is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not, should not, should not. They are every day, but they should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah, well, we've been talking about missions. We've been on this. Um, it's funny to say it this way, but we've been on this all of December so far, um, which is weird because we're on it 365 days a year. I mean, missions is what we do. Yeah, of course. Um, but in that video where it all began, you make a statement, I've told you lots of times in private, that to me is one of the more powerful things that you've ever said. Um, and and it's something that I that I just connected with and thought that's that's really right. And it stems from that heart for missions. And you're talking about men being monsters, and you make the statement that there's no there's there's nothing as evil as man without God. Right. And that they devise evil and cruel ways. No animal is as mean as a man. Right. No can animals be to in another the jungle human. will kill you and eat you, but they're not mean. They don't torture you. Yeah. But you stop and you say, and you know, I don't know what else to, I don't know what to do about that except for. No, the, I said there's only one thing I know that will stop that. Right. And that's the, that's the word of God. The and word the of power God. power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit. And really, all of this stuff that we're talking about in missions comes back to those two things. If you see a need and you see that man without God is evil and is dying and going to hell. Mm-hmm then we've got to do everything in our power to take the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to them. No, absolutely. I don't know if you remember this or not, but many decades ago, you were a little guy, and I asked my dear friend, T.L. Osborne, who, in my opinion, is the greatest missionary that ever walked the planet, had more miracles than anybody that ever walked the planet, including Jesus. You know, he just had tremendous miracles all over the world as a missionary. And I asked T.L., if he would come to Mexico with me and us do a, a, a meeting together. And so he did. He said, sure. And so, so TL and I did this great meeting together down in, in South Mexico. And uh, when the meeting was over, uh, we had driven down, mom and I and the four kids, you and your brother and your two sisters, had driven and TL had flown. So we were driving TL to the airport and dropping him off the airport so he could fly back to Tulsa. And then we were headed back and driving. 
And while we were driving, TL turned to you and said, Lynn, come here, I want to tell you something. And so you came up and got on your knees in our van between me and TL, between the, the, the two captain's chairs. And uh, you got on your knees and he leaned over and he said to you, he said, I'm going to tell you what success is. And he leaned down and whispered in your ear. I could not hear. Man, I was straining. I was leaning over, hanging onto the wheel and trying to drive. I remember this. And I... then I was I was leaning over trying to hear what he had to say. And he whispered in your ear. And then when he finished, you know, I said, I said, what was it? What was it? He said, I'm not going to tell you. And I said, I said, Lynn, what was it? And he said, nope, he's not going to tell you. Well, once once he got out of the air, the car and got to the airport and we delivered him, I think I threatened you with an inch of your life. <laughs> and I said, what did he tell you? What's the secret for success? And uh, you said, Dad, he said, success is finding a need and meeting it. Right. Finding a problem, finding and, solving a problem it, and solving finding it. Finding somebody in darkness and bringing them to light. Finding somebody in captivity and setting them free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just what you just said. It's finding a need. Yeah. When you see a need. Yeah. And man needs God. Well, you 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 talk a lot about, um, and I think you mentioned this maybe two weeks ago on the podcast. Um, you you can you can give to someone without loving them, mm-hmm. but you can't love someone without giving to them. Right. And it goes back to God is love. Exactly. And the very heart of God, the very DNA of God, is that for God so loved sure. the world that He gave His only mm-hmm. begotten Son. And mm-hmm. if we're to be Christ-like ones, we're to be the Im- imitators of Jesus, who says, right. "I only do what I see my Father do." Right. So exactly. we're acting like we're tr- we're supposed to be acting like Jesus. Jesus is acting like God, right. and God is love, and He's going to give. That's exactly. it. That's it. That's the very DNA. Yeah, of we've his... always used that in our marriage seminars as well. You know, if you if you're a lover, you're a giver. Yeah. You know, if you if you can you can give to somebody without loving them, but you can't love somebody without giving to them. Yeah. So if you love your kids, you love your wife, you love your husband, you're going to be a constant and consummate giver. Well, and as a Christian, as we look at the need around the world, going back to men or men without God are evil and and mean and dying and lost and going to a devil's mm-hmm. hell. Then as a Christian, if we're doing our job, then then we are lovers. Right. Therefore, we are givers, right. and we have to see the need and meet it. And, and let me just correct something you just said, just so people don't misunderstand. You know, it's not that men without God are evil. There are a lot of quote good people around the world that sure. are without God, just because sure. they were raised uh, in a, in a godly home or in a or in a not necessarily a godly home, but raised to do the right thing, raised to, moral, raised with a good moral compass. Right. But yet, yet those evil people they are can without, be are without God, right. and there's and that's why I've said there's nothing is evil. Right. Uh, as a man without God, unless yeah. it's a woman without God, yeah. uh, well, there's nothing. There, there's no monster mm-hmm. uh, as great as a man without God, because well, they, they will they will hurt you, they will kill you, but they'll sit around and just think up ways they can hurt you, yeah. ways they can torture you, ways they can sadistically treat you, and that's why I made that statement. Actually, on that video, if you go and watch that video, I make this statement. I said I have never told anyone on the planet. I never yeah. told your mom. I never told Jackie. Never told you. I've never told Renee. I, I've never said to a human being the evil things the horrible, despicable, evil things that I have seen with my own eyes around the world because there's horrors around the world, and I've just never let those things come out of my mouth. And, and, and that's when I said, and the only way I know to stop that is that is, is the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word, of, the God. Word of God. It's just like in our day-to-day, we're living with ISIS and terrorists. Right. Well, the only thing that will stop that mm-hmm. is the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. The church is the strongest entity on the planet. Right. And the church is the only entity on the planet that can handle demons. And that's where all that evil comes from. It's a, a terrorist or demon-possessed. You know, you can try to be politically correct and say, well, this religion is nice and that religion is nice. No, no, demon possession is from hell. And and Jesus right. said the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So those that's guys right. that are killing, stealing, destroying ISIS, those guys 
are are, are evil and they're demon possessed. And uh, the church is the only entity entity on the planet that can that can handle demons. Well, yeah. the only antidote for um, e- that kind of evil, because human nature is is susceptible to three categories that all sin falls under: is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Christians have a hard enough time with that. Where people in the world that are not Christian, that are not even taught the standard and the morality and the goodness of the Word of God, are always vulnerable to being tempted to be jealous, to be evil, to be mean-spirited, to be thieves, to be, unf- to be unfaithful, to be uh, some way um, deceptive in their character. All of those things are always out there working. And the enemy, human nature, people without knowledge of these things are just so susceptible that, to that. And that's how people fall prey to the things of darkness. And then, the, then evil comes in, and you get that in a whole family a whole neighborhood, a whole city, a whole nation, and then all of a sudden you've got a third world a country, whole a whole religion. And it's I was reading yesterday in, in Psalm 74, 20, and then over there in Proverbs 2, it says, Terry, that the dark places of this world are habitations of cruelty, sure. that wherever the gospel is, the light, and, and that's what the word of God shows is that the gospel is light. And the kingdom of darkness is darkness, and that they do not work together. Light always dispels darkness. Darkness never, Dean always used to say, you know, you don't buy a flashlight, or he said, you don't buy a flash darker, you buy a flashlight. And it's the light that dispels the darkness that brings in, not because Christians are perfect, not because preachers have an edge on anything. Everybody has to have the same cure, and it's always Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Matthew uh, 24, 14, this gospel must be preached. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that it is the love covenant. It is the love message. It is the message that we can get along. We can love each other. We can make this work. And there does not have to be uh, the evil that will destroy another. Like, as we were, you and I were talking about it, Proverbs says, the precious and steals away the precious life of a man. God does not want that in yeah. any shape or form. You know, as usual, we've gotten way off topic, but uh, we started talking about missions. And then Renee started talking about uh, how she loved missions growing up, was trained in missions, taught in missions. The church does missions. The church yeah. is about missions. That's mm-hmm. why the church exists. And then when she met Jackie and I, she found a missionary that was winning. And so many people would say to mom, and I say, you're the right. first missionaries we know that win, that the first ones that we know that were prosperous, the first ones we right. know that were <laughs> successful. Now, that's no slam to missionaries. Missionaries, have, right. long before I showed up, there were missionaries giving their lives and, and, and laying it all down on the mission yeah. field. But, you know, we, we took the word of faith, and that's what she was talking about, and that's exactly. what made the difference. We took the word of faith and blended that into missions so that uh, we said, you know, the devil's not going to kill us. The devil, the devil's not going to beat right. us. And whenever that guy... Uh, pull the gun on me and said, I'm going to kill you there in Mexico. This testimony she's talking about. I said, I'm a man of God. I've got authority over you in the name of Jesus. You can't kill me. And then he shot at me five mm-hmm. times at point blank range Hallelujah. and the bullets didn't hit me. And so, so those are the kind of things that attracted the, ten, uh, the attention of uh, ministers back here in the state. Nobody had heard Terry Myers, but all of a sudden Oral Roberts started telling my stories right. and T.L. Osborne started telling right. my stories and Kenneth Hagan and Kenneth Copeland and John Osteen started telling my stories. And I'd come back up to the States and people would want to uh, meet me and want to hear from me and, and uh, I remember whenever my first book came out, More Than Conquerors, uh, Harrison House put it out, and I'd never seen it. I'd sent the manuscript up, but I hadn't seen the finished product. And so Mom and I drove up to uh, to Tulsa from Mexico as missionaries. We drove up to Tulsa uh, in 1978, I believe it was, and uh, went into Brother Hagen's camp meeting, and the first person that ran up to me was Pat Boone, you know, the movie star. 
and he runs up to me and he says, you're Terry Mize. And I said, and I knew that, you know, and I looked down at his white buckskin shoes and I said, well, and you're Pat Boone. And he said, I have prayed and asked God that I could meet you. And I just totally shocked. I thought, what in the world would somebody like him want to do meet me? He said, I sat up all night last night reading your book. And I said, oh no, you've got me mistaken with somebody else. I don't, I don't have a book. He said, no, yes, you do. And he left and came back and brought me a copy of my book that I'd never seen before. He said, would you sign this? And so, you know, people started liking the fact that we were winning, you know, that we were yeah. more than conquerors, that the word really would work for somebody, that it wasn't just a case or 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 God's in control or whatever the will of God is or 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 you know, if God's Everything in a good has mood, a purpose. you know, and yeah, it was it was where reason. we could it's where our faith actually made a difference. Well, and that was the thing that I I'm just gonna inject this before we have to go today, is that Growing up on the Pentecostal side, and the you know and the difference between religion and the body of Christ is very famous for taking one thing out of the Word of God and building a camp around it, and this is what that's their they champion that cause right. and one truth. Where when we met Terry and Jackie, and then we were listening to Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland teaching the Word of Faith, all of a sudden it was like. I can have two thoughts in my brain at the same time. I can actually be dedicated and faithful and hardworking and valiant and courageous, and God will bless me and heal me and prosper me and give me favor. And the two in religion never went together. Right. You know, people always, as Terry was saying, people, uh, we were all thought we were going to go to the mission field and die or be left out or people, that's the mindset of the church at the time. But when we met Terry and Jackie, it was like, we can do it all, you know, and, right. and I saw Jackie with, with two little clean, uh, well-dressed little boys and they looked like they were happy and, and not depressed and oppressed. And the, you kids didn't have runny noses and everything. It, it was a happier dynamic, uh, to present to the world that this will really work. And God cares about every facet of your life. And that's what their lives represented to us. That's right. That's good. Well, our, our time's flown by today. This podcast seem, it seems like we just started it, but we better wrap it up here. But um, this is this is just a few days before Christmas, and we've been talking to you all month long about giving Christmas gifts to orphans, to missionaries, right. and missionaries' children, to That's staff right. members that work with orphanages overseas, right. and how we've last year we were able to bless uh, twelve different homes exactly in five different nations right. and that was above what what our goal was we're saying homes we're talking about orphanages we're talking about or, orphanages or children's homes we're yeah. talking about children's homes and and uh, we were able to do that and, and enough money came in we were able to to bless a couple of homes that we hadn't originally intended to bless and so we've only got a couple of days before this and so lots of money's come in uh, god's blessed and we're and we're excited to be able to send this money but uh without much time um, we can still, with technology, we can still take offerings. If you want to get involved in this and you, you know, you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I, I really should, I meant to do this and I really want to get involved in it. Then, then go to terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com. You can give an offering there and specify it for, for children, for, for orphans for Christmas. And, uh, as a matter of fact, for those of you who do that all this month, we're going to give you a gift back, um, a message that, that dad preached recently in Florida called on your way to a miracle that we know will be a blessing to you and uh get involved you can you can call the office at 918-392-9930 and you can give that way we've just got a couple of days here to get this all done but i just want to encourage you to to be a blessing to somebody else this christmas and keep in mind that we take no money out of this for overhead or expenses or anything at all this goes a hundred percent where uh 
where it needs to go to orphans and, and kids overseas. So uh, we appreciate you being with us. It's always good to be with you, and we look forward to being with you next week as we wrap December up and we start heading into 2017 with an energy and a second wind and ready to do some things for the kingdom of God. So until next week. attack the new year with fire in our That's bones right. and blood in our eye in the name of Jesus. In, in the our name of Jesus. You know, Brother Copeland prophesied at the first of this year of 2016, he prophesied and said, 2016, the great year, hmm. the great year. Amen. And, uh, you know, I latched on to that. And I know a lot of people listening to us today latched on to that. You know, the Bible says this about the prophets of God. And I know lots of people prophesy, but I'm talking about true prophets, uh, of which Brother Copeland is, is one I, I firmly believe. And, uh, but uh, the Bible says in, in, uh, in, in uh, Chronicles, it says that if you'll believe the word of God, you'll be established. But if you believe God's prophets, you'll prosper. And I, you know, I locked onto that. And of course, we've watched 2016. Of course, we just had a tremendous election a couple of months ago, and and uh, things are changing, and America's changing, and things have already happened to the good. And I think they're going to happen a whole lot more to the good. Uh, it's been a great year. It's been a great year. Now I know for everybody individually, it might not have been a great year because some people have lost loved ones or sure. lost jobs. As, as far as individuals go, your year might not have been so great. I've had some years that everybody else had a great year, and I, mine wasn't so great. But but overall. For the United States of America, for the body of Christ worldwide, for Christians, it's 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 a great year, and so we're going to leave. We're going to close out 2016 and head into 2017, uh, and declare that it's going to be even even better. You know, I say many many times that every year God gives us at the first of the year God gives us a blank check, and it has twelve blank check book, and it has twelve checks in it. One's titled January, one's titled February, all the way to December, and and every month we have. a check to do something for the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not talking about just money, but I'm talking about we we can do something in January for the kingdom of God. We can do something in February for the kingdom of God. We can do something in March, April, May. And, and when we get to December, here we are in December of 2016. And some people may look back and say, oh, my Lord, how did it get to be December already? I thought it was just January the other day. But uh, we, we have spent uh, 12 checks now. In fact, we've got a few more days to spend uh, 2016, to spend December 2016, because we've already spent January through November. And you go back at the end of the year, I do, and go back and look at the checkbook and say, what did I do for God? What did I do in, in January, February? What did I do? And here it is, December. What can I still do before this year closes out and we get a brand new checkbook for 2017 with 12 checks in it, and we're going to do something for the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's right. And we're looking forward to it. We're going to close this out. And and like you say, we're going to go into 2017 with fire in our bones and blood in our eye and ready to get some things accomplished for the kingdom of God. So we appreciate you being here. Yeah, I'm just going to say we pray great tidings of comfort and joy we over do. all of you, as Luke 2 says. Yeah, we pray for our partners every day. We, we love you. We're that's glad right. you listen to these podcasts. We're certainly enjoying doing them. And I trust that they're a blessing to you and a help to you. I know if you listen to them, they are, because we're talking with the Word. It's meaty. Yeah, it's good. It's meaty. <laughs> it's meaty. So we look forward to being with you again next week, and we'll, and we'll close out 2016. So, so join us uh, next Wednesday, Hallelujah. and uh, we look forward to uh, ministering to you then, too. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.